Hello and welcome to the final episode of season three of Walk to Wellbeing. It's been such a journey and thank you for coming along with us. I'm Holly, editor of Health and Wellbeing, and each episode, you and I get to join someone as they go for a walk, eavesdropping on them as they talk about their own wellness journey. Each of our guests will answer the same questions, but the conversation, like their walk, might meander a bit as they go. After we leave them, I'll be joined by Laura and Danny from the magazine team to pick out things from that walk that we want to put into action right away in our lives. Think about your answers to each question as you listen too. And if you'd like to record your own walk to wellbeing, you absolutely can. We would love to hear your answers. So head over to healthwellbeing.com to download the questions today. Right now, though, we're about to join Mylene Class, musician, broadcaster and Sketches ambassador, as she steps out in her local park in February 2023. So, yes, I'm Mylene Class. Uh, I'm a musician and broadcaster. Just leaving my house now. Going for a walk, going down to the park. Actually, this park is... uh, It's so nice, because actually it leads onto the woods... And I go to this park every single day because um, the children, they really love it. Especially my baby boy. He's, um, he's so cute. So he rides his bike. He rides his bike uh, around the park. And then we've got um, like this little electric car. It's so cute. So we take him around uh, in the electric car as well. It actually... It's something that I bought for my children, my daughters, when they were really, really little. And uh, I didn't know that I was going to have my son. So uh, I gave the car, the little electric car, away to my, one of my girlfriends. And the car's just come back now. So uh, it's like a vintage car. It must be like 10 to 12 years old now. I changed the battery out and we just take him around. Just walking down to the park now it's so nice to to live so close to it just to have it at the back of my house oh it's really sunny it's nice that's the gate to get in all the neighbours are here walking their dogs my kids are desperate for a dog. But uh, we're uh, in and out a lot, and I think you've got to be really present, don't you, to have dogs. So we've got goldfish. <laughs> one is called Billy Mega Chippy, and the other one is called Auntie Lala, after my best mate, Lauren Laverne. <laughs> I didn't name the fish, by the way, my son did. All right, so I'm just... Uh, I'm taking you on a little walk with me. This is nice. Like I've got a cup of tea in my hand. So Sim, that's, uh, that's my partner. He always makes me a tea. Actually, he makes me a coffee in the morning. And then I get a tea for my walk. Usually it's in a flask. I don't know where the flasks are this morning. Okay, let's look at the questions. Number one, uh, what gets you out on a walk? Um, that's an easy one. My children. I've got a, a boy called Apollo. And I've got two daughters. Ava and Hero. So Ava's 15. Hero's 11. They love the park. Um, 
probably actually loved the ice cream more when they were really little. And um, Apollo, who we call Snoopy. Uh, we call him Snoopy because when I was pregnant, I asked the, the, the children for ideas for names, and they said, uh, amongst many names, what about Snoop Dogg? And I was like, Debbie's a ridiculous, you can't have a baby called Snoop Dogg, and it turns out he <laughs> loves the name Snoopy. It's stuck. So yes, what gets me out into the park? Well, what gets me out for a walk? Uh, for children, they climb the walls if they don't get out in the in the day, especially um, especially little Snoopy. So I take him out on his bike. We come down with a ball, play football. He wants to come and see the dogs. Sometimes we we walk our neighbour's dog. And his little electric car. We take that around. There's loads of animals in this park as well, so we come and see them. And then in the summer, I'm going up a hill, by the way. <laughs> I'm not that unfit. It's quite an incline. Um, we, we go to the woods, and I love the woods. I can't believe, because I live in London, that I can be so close to the woods, because obviously it's usually just really built up. This is my favourite time of the day, though, to... Uh, to come out, there's hardly anybody around. You can just see all the ducks. See all the animals, they're all waking up as well. I've just done the school run, and the school run is usually quite frantic. And just before my day starts, it's really nice. I can't get up this hill. Um, uh, yeah, just before my day starts, I think it's just nicest to go for a bit of a stroll, clear your head. Sims made me a tea, but I actually just usually survive on coffee. Where is my dream walk? Ah, huh, well, so I grew up in Norfolk and um, there's so many beautiful places around there. There are the woods and I used to go for piano lessons on a, on a Saturday morning. And what I loved about those lessons is my piano teacher, Miss Wright, she lived in like a little cottage, like Snow White's cottage. And it was a really famous cottage, just been there for hundreds of years. But it was right behind where you could go strawberry picking. So I used to just try and race through my piano lessons so I could just go and eat all the strawberries and just walk across the fields. I used to like being able to hear the, um, the pylons, you could hear them sort of fuzzing. And it's just like a really weird sound that you don't normally, normally get to hear. And every time I hear that sound, I always just associate it with walking across the fields and strawberry picking. But then also, growing up in Norfolk, I lived on the beach, or just a few miles. No, not miles at all, I could walk it. Just a few minutes from the beach. So that was really nice. I took it for granted. I feel, feel like I really took it for granted when I was there. Now I miss it. But for me, I, I like just getting out with the kids and sort of just ambling along. If I'm um, not going on this kind of walk, if I'm in town or working, then I like to walk with purpose. I like to just get to where I'm going. But these are the few occasions where I can just switch off. Okay, I'm going into the woods now. That's how close I live to the woods. It's so nice. Uh, when I'm feeling stressed, how do I combat triggers? Um, I think I have learned to deal with stress a lot better and I have had many stressful situations arise in my life so there's no doubt about it and I think 
it's about figuring out how to just get through those and sometimes as one of my really good friends said you just got to walk through the fire one step at a time or bites of the elephant as they say so you really you really, really recognize it's probably a huge problem a huge worry that's in front of you but you can only take it in little little slices little pieces little bites and that's what I try and do now I just try and rationalize it look as long as my kids are okay as long as they're happy and they're not feeling it too much then hopefully the rest falls into place but I don't know it's my daughter recently she's been doing her mocks and it has been highly stressful because you see how stressed they get and you keep trying to say, look, this is going to pass and it's going to be okay. And you just say all of those annoying things that parents, parents say, but you know them to be true. Oh, there's a dog up ahead. Hi. You hear that dog? Can't see it. It's nice um, seeing people along, along the way on your walk as well, isn't it? Um, yeah, I just, I, I just try and rationalise as much as I can now. And I realise that I've probably lived through a lot of my worst days. Well, I have lived through a lot of my worst days. You're still standing. And I think I take a lot of confidence from that. But where's this dog? I think I see him. I see his owner. Oh, here he is. Hello. Oh, is that you making all the noise? Hi. Hello. Hiya. It's a noisy one. Yeah, he goes he goes off on a sort of frenzy when he sees a squirrel. Oh, he saw a squirrel. Barking at the squirrel oh. to make the squirrel come down the tree. Oh, oh cute. <laughs> there you go. Dog had found a squirrel. Um, I think when I look at the most stressful times of my life, and they can be like, you know, personal experiences or work experiences, or you're worried about the children, or... Even just sitting in traffic when you're late, you know, there's so many stresses that go on. And I just think there's a lot of times you just also need to just sit back and accept. And I'm really trying to work on that because I'm more aware than ever now that I've got eyes watching me, little eyes watching me. You know, and they learn how to deal with things from seeing you. And I am really trying to practice that whole idea of putting the oxygen mask on on yourself first so that they can see that actually self-care isn't a bad thing it's an essential thing I make sure as well that I watch how I speak about myself I found myself saying things like oh god that was so stupid or why did I do that that was really silly or you know what an idiot and I realized that my kids were picking up on that and then I can't expect my children then to feel confident in themselves if I'm talking about myself like that. So now we've got this saying where I'm like, don't say that, your body will hear you. It's almost then that you manifest it and then it becomes real. Then you do gen genuinely think yourself to be stupid when you're not. So I think it's also about just being really aware of how I treat myself in front of my children. And I'll make sure I'll say, look, I'm going out with my girlfriends because I need to have some time with my girls or I'm going to go into this job and I felt it, it was really stressful, but I got through it and I'll talk about the process of it. I don't try and hide anything from my children, whether it's, you know, total elation or really happy, I make sure they see that I celebrate that, all the way through to if I'm feeling sad or stressed or emotional, and I point that out as well so they can see how I cope with things, and then they know that it's okay just to, to see or feel those things and, and sit with them. 
what does switching off, question four, what does switching off look like for me? Is it important to disconnect? Or is that the wrong way to think about it? How selfish are you able to be in your life? What rituals do you use? Okay, that's a lot of questions. Uh, what is switching off? I find it very difficult to switch off, actually. I'm a list maker, so I find myself in situations where I might be watching a movie, trying to switch off, and then I'll think, oh gosh, uh, here I need her pee kit tomorrow and I'll run upstairs and I'll go and put that on the wash. Or I, try, I really try not to do that, but then... I, you know how just things just pop up all the time. But I do, I really do on holiday. That is my holiday time, I switch off. Um, I make sure I leave my phone in the room, which can be problematic if I see like a nice sunset and want to take a photo or something, but then I borrow Sim's phone. But I want the kids to see me really completely just switch off and sort of just amble around, meander around and have that time. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not someone who finds it naturally easy to switch off at all. I think that dog's found another squirrel. I can hear him still. Also, it's a really fine line, isn't it? Because I want to show my children that it's a good thing to be motivated and how to put yourself together in the morning. Make your bed. Put yourself together. Get, get out of the house on time. And then you're ready to boss the day. But at the same time... There's also someone who's forgotten their pee kit or their trumpet or their zip card to get on the train. Or There's all kinds of things that go on. Is it important to disconnect? Um, I guess it's... I think the question's probably more it's important to reconnect. I find... Um, I love spending time with family. I love spending time with my friends and just... As I'm getting older, you realise what does it actually already come back down to? And it's just seeing people. I feel like a lot of the really big, hard hitters in my life, you know, like an older generation, I feel that they're all getting quite sick now. We're getting to that stage in our lives where they're getting old. And you, you then do start asking yourself, you know, what's it all about? What, what, I'm going to be the actual adult here. And so I'm trying to spend as much time making as many memories as I can with family members and friends. I think that, for me, um, a lot of people always ask what's important for me you know, when it comes to when I do get that downtime. I just actually like to just have a roast, stay at home, have friends over. That's what my weekends look like if I'm not working. And that's it. That's considered a really good weekend for me. How selfish are you able to be in your life? I don't know any mums that get to be very selfish at all. <laughs> um, I think we are so far down the list often that I, I often used to think, oh, it's a luxury, I got to have a shower with you know nobody coming in or without an audience sitting there asking questions or you know, just joining you in the bathroom. <laughs> but at the same time, weirdly, I miss it as well. Just sort of the madness of, of the household if they're, if they're not there, if they're at school, say. But it shouldn't really be a luxury just to have a shower, a five-minute shower on your own. So uh, I don't think I get to be selfish at the moment. And then I have that ridiculous thing of where I feel guilty if I do have those five minutes to myself. But... Uh, I do live a very fast-paced life and 
I think maybe I should really try and pull a few more minutes out for myself. Like little walks like this. That'll do it. Oh, right, so I'm going up like a gravel path. Do you know what? I've just been rattling on. I don't know how I've ended up in this direction, but I've come to some huge, like, walled flower garden. It's really pretty. And there's literally nobody here. It's just me and my tea. So pretty. Uh, okay. Um, when was the last time you challenged yourself to try something new or different? I love trying new things. Um, it's a funny one, actually, because I like to try new things because I think it's important to show your kids that you're not frightened of trying new things. Um, so I don't know whether it's going to be roller skating. Um, I work with sketches and they... They've just started putting wheels, roller skates basically, onto their trainers. So I'm a, I'm a rollerblader, which kind of takes you in a different direction, but uh, I'm learning how to stop using my toes now. I haven't quite mastered it, but I do like trying new things. Um, but I don't think there's any harm in knowing what, what you're comfortable with either. You know, for example, I, I know people who are like real alchemists in the kitchen. They're like conjuring up whole um, new ideas. My sister does it all the time. She'll try something and she'll say, oh, this needs more garlic, this needs lemon. And that's not really something that I can do. I, I like to follow a recipe and just, more like a science experiment, I like to follow it word for word and that's where I feel comfortable. But uh, if somebody said, you know, do you want to go jump out of a plane? I would absolutely do it. If you want, do you want to go and try a salsa class? I would also do that. I do like just I, I don't know, I, like, I, I'm, I don't like sitting still in that way. But also, I think it's important for your kids to see you fail. We've been having this conversation a lot in my household. You know, they don't, they don't really see you failing. Or, and I think it's important that they do. It's something that I guess we hide, because if we struggle at something, we don't want them to feel insecure. But I've realised that I need to show them that, especially with all the exams that are going on at the moment. I think they need to see how you come back from it. Look, I failed my driving test three times and I got up up Norfolk where it's the flattest, it's the flattest area of the UK and I still rolled backwards on uh, one of my tests. And it was hideous because you couldn't drive in Norfolk, you couldn't get anywhere. So I just think if things go wrong, I think it's good to actually play it out in front of them and just show them. You know, I feel really disappointed. It's not the outcome I wanted. I'm going to try and go for it again. Or just things that might scare them. So at the minute, my son, he's, he's always been really good around bugs and creepy crawlies. But I don't know, maybe somebody at school said something to him. And there's been a lot of chat about spiders at the moment. So we're going to go to the zoo at the weekend. And, uh, you know, you can, like, hold all the little bugs and things. I'm going to take him and we're going to go and touch the spiders. I've been talking about it for the past few days, just gearing him up for it saying how cute they are, we're going to count their legs and count their eyes and hold them and that's what we're going to try and do, face our fears, face them head on. Uh, when was the last, oh I did that one, uh, <laughs> who is uh, really nailing their well-being in your life, friend, family, do you know what, my sister, my sister lives in Australia and she's, she's, I don't know, 
it's a big it was obviously a very big move to go from the UK to Australia but she did it and she's now got a family over there a very young family and that's isolating isn't it because she hasn't got her whole sort of support area support group around her if you like and friends and family me which is hard but the fact that she found a lovely man and she's got her two children now and she just takes time out for herself and I, I really admire that and at, at times I didn't really get it but now I, when, I'm, when I talk to her and she'll just you know she'll maybe go off grid for a couple of days she'll just say, she'll just say to me I just took some time out for myself or I just went and sat on the beach with the children she'll go and do sort of spas for herself and I just think and read she reads anything on just her to help her mind so she really helps herself from the inside out with that kind of healing and looking after yourself and there's a lot to be said about that and I, I always say oh I haven't got the time and I can't switch off but then I guess then you spend the rest of your life chasing your health when actually you could just be maintaining your health and we expect our kids to switch off we expect our kids to take time out for themselves and look after themselves but we're not really showing them how to do it so I should definitely be taking a leaf out of her book I don't know where I'm going I'm actually going up another path I can see a lady ahead she's uh she's got one of those sticks you know the that you can throw the ball further with oh there's her dog okay oh it's one of those cockapoos North London is at cockapoo central hi that's a very clean dog for a very muddy park I said hi she had her iPod on she had like her earphones in so uh, it's probably why you're wondering why I didn't get a response uh, who is uh, and I've done one uh, what's one recent little win that you're happy with one recent win that I'm happy with I think I'll take the small wins actually because at the minute trying to get a a three-year-old to uh, brush his teeth and get ready in the mornings is it's a whole challenge it's so funny because my girls they just were very different they'd, they it, it, for example if I got them ready in the morning or they'd get themselves ready it'd just be seen as this this challenge they really enjoyed I'd lay their clothes out and then even if they were sort of back to front or inside out or whatever they'd done trying to put their clothes on themselves and they'd be really proud that they'd done it and come running into my room or if I sat them down with a book and turned my back for a minute they'd still be sat there in the book but with I don't know if it's boys I don't know obviously everyone's individual but uh, my son Snoopy he uh, at the minute the challenge is trying to get him to to get dressed he is like my three-nager, he does not want to get out of bed at all in the mornings, which, as you can imagine, it probably just sounds silly, but, you know, if you're a mum, you get it. It's just a nightmare because then you can't get yourself out the door. Everyone's late. You're just saying the same thing. Come on, come on, come on. We're going to be late. It doesn't mean anything. You're just saying words. Does not want to brush his teeth. I think he's just, I think he's just found the power of no, just realising that he can say those words or that... Uh, he can actually have his own actions. So a, a small win, but I will take it, is this morning. We got to school on time. 
got him dressed um, with, <laughs> you know, Twister. I've been using the arrow from Twister. Uh, just spin it around. And then we'll just call a color. And if it lands on them, they say red. Ah, oh, that means put on your socks. And he doesn't like the novelty of that. It's definitely going to wear off. But uh, that's what I'm using. I've done charts. I've done stickers. I've done all kinds of blackmail and bribery. And now it's just the Twister, the Twister arrow, wherever it lands. Put your socks on. Uh, what is the biggest life lesson that you've learned this year? Well, we're only a few weeks into the year, but uh, I think I've learned a lot of life lessons. And uh, what is it they say? You learn more from uh, pain than you do from pleasure. It's definitely true. But um, I think I think it's a big one actually. It's you just can't you can't control everything, and. Because I trained as a musician, you kind of learn that if you put, put the work in, you get the results. But then life doesn't always work like that. You've got some people who work incredibly hard, you know, ridiculous hours, uh, real manual work, or they put all their effort into something and it still doesn't materialise. And then people then attribute it to, well, you need a bit of luck as well. And also that might be true too, or it might not be. So I think that idea of that a new generation, this generation seems to have picked up on is just trying to work smart, not always work as hard. I think maybe that's something I'm trying to understand a bit better now, because I have definitely driven myself into the ground on some occasions. And also, that you've got to show up for yourself because you can rely on people to do things and sometimes they'll come through and sometimes they won't. They can really let you down. So you have to, you have to just, you know, God, it sounds like I'm on some uh, inspirational quote <laughs> forum, but you do just have to be your own cheerleader. You do have to really believe in yourself. And for my life lessons, I've had to be strong when I didn't think I could be. And again, that's been in work-life situations. It's been in personal situations, friendships. It's most definitely been, though, for sure, in you know when it comes to dealing with people. When when I when I first became, um, I say famous. When I first came when I first came into the public eye, I was 20 years old. And God, what do you know at 20? You you know. You've got an idea of what things are going to be like. And it, I was reading contracts. I was signing off things that I had absolutely no clue about. I was doing with lawyers. I was doing with record companies, TV companies. It was absolutely huge. I was doing all these, these you know, huge deals, not really understanding what I was doing. And when I look back, it was a lot. It was a lot to put on anybody. Um, Incidentally now, I know a lot from a legal perspective, more than I probably should do. I think I could even actually take the bar, but it's also taken me in a different direction. It's made me realize, again, if I want to do something, I have got the power to do it myself. Um, I had a really, really hard time trying to get my, my baby, my son. I lost four along the way. And what it did make me do is Afterwards, when I realised, you know, I was obviously really lucky to, to have my son, what, what actually ended up happening was 
I've now can started working to get a bill through to help other women and just change the way that women are looked after, looking after their health, um, female health, because they realise there's not as much help out there as there should be, as we need. And it's things like that where you then think, well, it's actually in my power to do something about it. I owe it to all the women that don't have a voice. And you start actually being able to do things and takes you in a different direction. So those experiences as well have made me really look at my life with my children and how I want my girls to see the world. And I don't want them to have to rely on anybody solely. I want them to obviously have friends and strong friendship groups, but ultimately I want them to feel empowered. Look at the leaves that I'm walking through now. So many leaves. Um, I want them to feel empowered and feel really capable. I think it's really important to feel capable because then you don't feel helpless, whether it's changing a light bulb or changing your own car tyre. I taught my girls how to do that. Do you know what? We put it all in a book. It became a, a Sunday Times bestseller. But it was just something that came out of lockdown because I found myself having to do those things. Fix the washers on the taps. Teach my girls about the fuse box. You don't know, you know what life's going to throw at you. And I think it's just great not to feel helpless. I don't know where I'm going, literally walking or with this conversation, walking around the woods on my own. It's quite nice though, actually. It's quite cathartic. I Maybe I should just talk out loud to myself on these walks all the time. But I think as well, you know, just looking after your body. My girls, I talk about my girls a lot, but I think that I think guys just do get an easier time of it. And, you know, having a son now makes you see things again in a different way. But um, as a woman, and as a, a mixed race woman, growing up in Norfolk and having to really find her voice and find her own path and knowing how hard it is and what the challenges are to find your place in the workforce and be taken seriously, you just know how hard you've got to work. And I want to prepare them for that. Uh, oh, yeah, that's the thing. The, the biggest life lesson is do not take no for an answer. Never take no for an answer. I think someone's car alarm's going off. There's been many times when people have said, like, it can't be done or I can't do it. And it's not necessarily about proving them wrong. It's actually about proving myself right. Because no one can do it until someone does it and then everyone changes their mind. So there's no reason why it can't be you. And that's happened many times um, in my situation. And often I've actually ended up surprising myself. I think you can actually take on other people's limitations you know, their ideas of what they can and can't do, often people can project it onto you. And that's why you have to be really careful of the company you keep. You have to make sure that you have got cheerleaders around you and people that will hold you up. What's that line about? Make sure, well, it's bad. I can't remember the exact line. Make sure that you'll find a group of girls that will mention your name in a room of opportunities. I think it's that kind of thing. Just be around people that bolster you up not sort of drain your supply not just just take from you or make you feel less than what you are because they don't feel that they can go for something and I've often had that in work situations for sure where 
people don't think that it's either my place to be there or that I can actually do those jobs. So they'll often say that I shouldn't or I can't. So just find yourself a group of people that will cheer you on. Make sure you do it for yourself as well. And like I said, don't, do not take no for an answer. Just don't take no for an answer because I, I'd rather live with the regret of actually doing it than just worrying about all night, which I will do, keep myself awake all night, worrying if I could have done it at all. When's the last time you cried? Sadness, tears of sadness, happiness, relief. I mean, I cry all the time at the moment. It could be, it could be just extreme tiredness. But... Um, Gosh, it can be anything. It can be just saying goodbye to my son at school gates at the moment. I just think that people are, you know, really feeling things at the moment. There's a lot of pressure on everyone and everything's heightened, which means the good times feel even more important than ever. And sad times can you feel real affiliation or empathy with people. Um, and I think when you have kids, it's a weird one because you toughen up because you have to you have to be like a, a ninja you have to be like a lioness and then at the same time you really soften up because it's your heart I think Callum Moran said it your heart has grown arms and legs and it's just running around outside your body those are your little children so it really makes you soft I'm lost I'm actually lost I'm standing in the middle of this forest uh, I'm lost I think I am going to go. Um, oh, hang on, there's a bit of a clearing this way. More squirrels. Uh, what is the best advice that you could give to someone about happiness? Ah, do you know what? I think I might have cracked this one. She says. I think happiness is knowing what enough looks like. Because you see people who are really rich and they're trying to get richer and you see people who don't have what they want to have and the struggle to get it is also overwhelming and it's just that scramble regardless wherever you are it's that scramble and I think it's actually about just deciding well what would be enough for me and then I guess going for that so for me they say you're not you're only as happy as your unhappiest child and I think there's a lot to be said about that because my worries never end with my children so I always want to make sure they're okay and at the same time the lessons that they need to learn are actually the ones that you can't really teach them so I try to show them how to be aware of finances because I think that can really trip a lot of people up understanding even just that basic tax which still actually I mean flummoxes me flummoxes everybody <laughs> but it is about trying to understand it and getting the advice where you don't but just having sort of a real really really good oh, I think I found where I'm going this is good I found a clearing no I think I think finances can flummox a lot of people or intimidate a lot of people. Um, I think um, always searching. Always searching for 
something else to make you happy or the person that's going to make you happy or if I just meet this guy then I'll be happy if I just you know can live in this area or buy this house I'll be happy or if I can get this job I'll be happy and it's that big if and sometimes um sometimes it's just also as important to go okay but I have this and I'm healthy um and my kids hopefully they have what they need and just know when you've got enough so maybe that comes with age and I'm not just chasing things now I mean I was I'm still ambitious and I, of course I want things for myself um just to be able to you know play those performances and feel that feel that adrenaline or create something I love creating things and seeing where they can go to I love that sense of like achievement but also you have to weigh it up in order to get those things or do those things what what do you give up do you lose your sleep do you lose your time do you lose your sanity do you lose your finances does what impact does it have on your family so for me I like to make sure that I have something to work towards I always make sure that we have plan a holiday together or something like that. I don't, that's my treat. That's always my treat because I want memories with my family. They're so important. I make videos all the time. I love making videos. And I just think, because that's one day, that's, that's what you have left, isn't it? Your memories. And in fact, um, for Christmas, I never ask for actual presents. I don't offer my family. We don't do that to each other. We all have to make cards or make a video. Sim, Sim is a, the more extremist on the videos because uh, he, <laughs> just, he ends up running around this park actually the last one he made was him it sounds bizarre you'd have to see it but he was dressed as Santa in this park making a, a very funny Christmas video for me but it's memories and just making each other laugh and things like that uh, what's the best advice you could give to someone oh, I gave that advice I think it is just about knowing what what would make you happy that's another thing for happiness I think um, knowing what makes you happy because a lot of people put their happiness in someone else's hands. You know, I, there's a lot of joggers in this park. Fair play to them. I mean, fair play. That's a good incline, that hill. Yeah, I think if I just meet a guy, then settle down, I'll be happy. But, you, just, you know, you're putting your happiness in someone else's hands. So I do think there's a lot to be said about putting yourself together first, which I think we've all had to do. And then you come to a relationship whole or you know what you're looking for in your work or you just know what makes you happy. Even if you just know what you want for dinner that day, it's just about knowing what makes you happy and not asking someone else to give you those answers. Complete the following sentences. Being healthy is, I would say being healthy is hugely important. Um, I think back to how I lived my life when I was late teens, early 20s, and I can't believe how little sleep, how many energy drinks, how, how little sleep, how many baths. I used to lie in the bath, just, I don't know, I just, I don't know what I was doing. I mean, I was trying to forge my, my career and figure out where I was gonna go, but uh, I think you, you can just, I look back at my body now and I'm like, why wasn't I sleeping? What was I doing? In the band days, there were some times where I would get genuinely two hours sleep. Surviving on two hours sleep, that's just criminal. 
Um, and I think being healthy is, it's, just, it's the number one now, isn't it? I've got a lot of friends who are going through things, maybe we've getting that age again, but they're going through so much um, from a physical perspective and you realise it's so true, isn't it? Your health is your wealth. You've got to look after it. So yeah, for me, being healthy is so important, especially for me. I'm not, it's not just about me now. I've got people, little people that depend on me and need me. It's quite an overwhelming feeling sometimes, actually. Really overwhelming when you think that to your children, you're, that's it, you're their be-all and end-all. Solely reliant on you, and that's when you think, got to get it right you've got to make sure that you even cross the road differently when you become a mum don't you okay I'm looking back to the park now um I am most me when <laughs> I'm most me when Sunday morning in bed everyone just piles in I can read stories to Snoopy girls come in tell me their plans for the weekend I've got my coffee in hand oh yeah Sunday morning's perfect just just, yeah, with family. I love, I love, I love being with my family. Um, the best thing about my walk today, the best thing about my walk today is actually been talking to you. I'm hoping it's been okay for you too, but I've never really, um, well, I've never in my life done this, walked around just talking to myself. The good thing is you can get away with it because people think you're on a call but it makes you really contemplate things. And when you say them out loud, it's like that manifest thing, isn't it? It's, when you say it out loud, then it's, it becomes real. And when I'm thinking about the things I'm saying and about what I should be prioritizing and what I'm worried about or what's been a hard thing in my life or how important health is to me or my family, talking about my family, it's, it's actually a, it's a lovely, lovely way to, to order your thoughts. Because thoughts, just, they're just not linear. You sort of, sort of travel around within them and it's been really nice. Just figuring out or saying it aloud, I guess, as to what I think or figuring out what I think about these things. Usually when I walk through this part of the park, I'm usually chasing after Snoopy, who's hurtling down this hill now on his bike. It's so scary how fast he can go on it now. And the girls, the girls are usually on their, on their roller skates. And I'm just usually behind racing, carrying all the coats and the ice creams. Gosh, it's, you know, it's true. It goes, it does go really, really quickly and everyone says it. It's so true with children, the, the days are long but the years are short and every day it's back on the school run and just doing the laundry and getting them to sit down to finish their homework and finish their dinner brush their teeth and then uh, after my blink there's another birthday we're planning hero's birthday as we speak right now and, and then Ava's going to be 16 I'm going to have a 16 year old a 16 year old and Snoopy will then be turning four it's just going really quickly. And that, that sometimes, that really gets to me. I saw, I saw something uh, online recently where her mum had been complaining about 
fingerprints everywhere and laundry. And then another mum turned around and said, one day there won't be any laundry in the washing machine. I know most people will be like, I'm really quite glad about that, but there won't be any sticky fingers or toothpaste marks on the, on the mirror and you're gonna miss it. That really hit, that, that was brutal, that hit hard. But I can see it, I can see it's racing ahead of me. And then I'll have to decide what to do the next chapter of my life. And I think that's actually why it's important that you know what you want yourself. I see so many women, understandably, you know, my mum herself is where your children, children go and you're suddenly lost as to, you know, what to do next. That's why I think in any way you can, it's so important just to even know what you like to do yourself. Is it walking around to galleries? Is it getting windy this way? Just to have something for yourself, doesn't matter what it is, whether it's baking, whether it's, if, whether it's just walking, just have something, something that is yours. Even if it is just, you know, coffee, coffee and a walk in the morning. Oh, I can smell someone's got a bonfire going. I love that smell. It actually smells quite autumn-y. Autumn-y. Okay, I'm just going through the mud now just to get back to my house. Just coming up. All the runners are coming out now. <laughs> Did you hear that? It's true! Just heard a man say, time waits for no man. See, this park, it's quite a... It's a park of um, <laughs> steep thinkers. It's a park of sages. There's the gate. I have so many memories in this park. It's where Ava first learnt to ride her bike, actually. the gate honestly thank you thank you so much for coming with me on this walk I can't believe how uh, how lovely this has been it's just been like chatting with a friend you'll laugh the, the cup of tea that I went with is uh, still full because <laughs> I haven't really been drinking yet I've been chatting to you just up around the corner now Oh, did you hear that? That was <laughs> it's a clicky hip. That's funny. Thank you so much. I think, uh, oh gosh, I've got to get to my next meeting. There you go. Look at that. 10 to 11. Mylene's given us a great reminder that something as simple as a coffee and a walk can be something just for you. And if you're in need of something just for you, why not check out the great selection of footwear and apparel from our sponsor, perfect for your next walk to wellbeing. So before we hear from the team, let's take a moment to hear from Sketches. 
is musician and TV radio host Mylene Class for Skechers Archfit Footwear. My day-to-day -day is jam-packed, including being a full-time mum. And if you're busy like me, you can't be slowed down by uncomfortable footwear with no support. So, I get all the comfort and arch support I need with Skechers Archfit Footwear. Skechers teamed up with podiatrists to create footwear with podiatrist-certified arch support for 24-7 comfort. Because if I don't get a day off, neither should my Skechers. Find Skechers Archfit Footwear for men and women everywhere. Hi, welcome back to Walk to Wellbeing. I'm your host, Holly, plus I'm joined by Laura and Danny from the Health and Wellbeing team. That really felt like listening to a friend. I found Mylene so open and personable, and I could definitely relate to her small win of getting the whole family out of the house on time. Laura, what did you enjoy about Mylene's episode? Well, I think it was the first guest we've had that's got lost. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> she found yeah. her way back. Um, I think she did. <laughs> but no, I loved the way that Mylene's thoughts, you could almost hear her thoughts meander yeah. as she kind of went further into the woods. And um, I think it was kind of nice that she got a little bit lost. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's like she was getting lost in her thoughts as well. Um mm. And also, I'm, I've got the worst sense of direction, so every time I go walking in the woods, I get lost. <laughs> oh, same here. <laughs> Even if I've been there loads before. But yeah, and I really enjoyed it, and um, I was struck by how kind of unafraid of failure um, Mylene seems. Mm. Like that was something that really struck me, because, um, mm -hmm. you know, sh and she mentioned how it's important for her kids to see her fail as well as succeed, which... Mm. It was something that I'd not... Well, I have thought about before, but I, I think I always... I've got two kids and I always kind of feel like I have to put on this strong front to, to them. And yeah, I hadn't maybe shown that vulnerable side as much, which, yeah, it's, it's really important. Mylene was saying she doesn't try and hide things from them, like stressful jobs and bad days and things. She wants them to see how she copes with those mm. type of things. So that's something that I'll take away that I think I'll try and do a lot more with my girls. That's lovely. Yeah, no, I also picked up on that, Laura, as well. And I think as someone who doesn't have children yet, I was wondering how you guys felt about Mylene's approach to letting her kids see kind of like all sides of her. Like, I think there is a bit of a shift. I've noticed that, you know, parents have down days and, you know, feel all the feels and that's all very normal. But yeah, what do you think? Yeah, I, I completely agree with, with you, both you guys. It's what I'd picked up on as well was awareness of how you treat yourself in front of your children. And I really liked what Mylene said about don't say that your body will hear you. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, like that you internalise those thoughts. That was a really good takeaway for me how are you modeling self-care to your children like you said Laura yeah. uh, checking in your language and showing them all of your emotions like you were just saying even the uncomfortable ones and then showing them how we cope with them and just to answer your question Danny I think it's really important to learn to practice what you preach um, which is so hard to do mm. <laughs> and you can't expect your children to just do the old saying of, you know, do as I say and not as I do. Yeah. Because they are following in your footsteps, aren't they? You know, they're, they're, they're watching you every day. Mm. Um, and you can't expect them to have things like good body image if you're constantly berating yourself mm. or, you know, if you're not making any time for yourself, then how are we showing them that they're worthy of rest and things like that? Mm -hmm. So I think it's really important to try and check in with yourself. And I think I remember... At 
um, the start of this season, I think, Laura, I was saying to you, oh, yeah, I really like, you know, I'm really making time for myself as a mum. And yeah. then as the season's gone on, I'm like, that's really hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <sure. laughs> that's really bloody hard. But, um, yeah, hard. Um, I don't know the last time I did do that. But um, <laughs> it, it, it is really important because you can't be your best self if, if you're not being kind to yourself. Definitely. I've heard that from a few mums, actually. I've interviewed, well, obviously I hear it from you guys as well, like <laughs> firsthand, but then, like, you know, I've, I've interviewed a few kind of like celeb mums and I think a lot of them do say, you know, before their baby's born, they have these kind of like attitudes of how they want to parent. Yeah, uh, like so, expectations. Yeah, expectations, exactly. Uh, so things like, oh, my kid will like never watch TV. Or, <laughs> uh, you know, oh, my kid will never have a dummy. But then I can imagine in the moment... <laughs> you just do whatever you can to oh, pacify to them to survive <laughs> exactly exactly and um no it really reminds me because Mylene comes across as definitely one of our most self-aware guests I would say mm-hmm. and yeah. she's really tapped into how others perceive her you mm-hmm. know kids especially like you mentioned Holly she's and it sounds like an incredible role model to her kids and that's really really important to her yeah absolutely I would say the thing that was really striking to me about Mylene was how determined she is mm-hmm. and I really loved her advice of don't take no for an answer. Yeah. Because I think it's always the easy option to kind of like accept rejection when you get one because you think that is the final answer, you know, especially Mm -hmm. if it comes from someone of authority. But you can turn that into a positive. And I know it sounds cliche, but when one door closes, another door opens Mm -hmm. or, you know, bang that door down and see (laughs) see what happens. Absolutely. I love that she said she said something like, um, Rather, it's not about proving other people wrong. It's about proving herself right. And yeah. I thought, what a lovely way to look at it. Because it's yeah. not like an ego thing of like, oh, well, I'm going to show you. Mm. It's like, actually, she. this is what she believes she can do or, you know, something can happen. Mm. She believes in herself and she's proving herself right. I think that goes back to what you're saying about like your body will hear you. What are you internalizing? Like, with manifesting. Yeah, what are you manifesting with your thoughts and things like that? I really liked how she rephrased the question, how important is it to disconnect? Yes. Um, and then turned it around to be like, how important is it to reconnect? Yes. Um, I really liked really clever. that. Yeah. And I also, I think like one of my main takeaways as well, mainly for myself, but also for um, my child as well, mm-hmm. that she was saying it's really important to be capable because then you don't feel helpless. Mm. And I think a lot of confidence then comes with feeling capable so yeah I really I really took a lot from that that she's kind of preparing her children to go out into the world and that they will feel capable to know how to do certain things I think she mentioned about like changing a tire can um, can, I just want to know can either of you change a tire absolutely not no I wouldn't know where to start uh phoning the (laughs) (laughs) AA. yeah no I I can't either and I thought because I I always remember at, at uni in the first year um, when I was living in halls and my friend needed to change a tyre. She had a flat tyre and she was about to drive home and she just changed it. She was like, oh, really? okay. yeah, oh she knew God. exactly wow. what to do. And she was like, oh, my dad um, showed me and my sister. Like, so as he was the father of two girls mm, and he right. had that same idea that he wanted to make sure that they were capable. They knew how to yeah. change a tyre, rewire a plug and do all those things. And yeah, I was quite jealous. And I was like, can you show me how to do it? And she, she went through it, but I still can't remember. <laughs> so. Well, maybe we all need to pick up Mylene's book. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, pick up those tips, feel more capable. I can't even imagine, like, parenting must be the most, obviously it's the most important job that you do, but you must be constantly second-guessing yourself. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for affirming. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's, I mean, 
it must feel very very difficult especially especially as a single parent but yes even yeah. even if it's I suppose your firstborn uh, and also all, all babies are different yeah I had someone recently ask me in a bit of a flap telling me that they were expecting and how will I know like the right thing to do is and I don't yeah. know how to I don't even know how to change a nappy and things like that <laughs> and I was just like you will never know the right thing to do but mm. you will always know the right thing to do for your child yeah. Yeah. Oh, if that makes any sense um. <laughs> great advice Holly yeah because <laughs> I constantly don't know what I'm doing <laughs> <laughs> no but I guess it's about following your intuition in a way yeah yeah I don't know do you feel the same Laura yeah, no, I completely agree. Like before I had kids, I, I didn't know how to change a nappy and I didn't even think of it until I was in the hospital. <laughs> the midwife was like, do you know how to change a nappy? I was like, no, <laughs> can you show me? So yeah, you do. And you learn along the way. Mm. And another thing that I've learned with my girls recently, well, fairly recently in the last couple of years, is to, you know, apologise if you get things mm. wrong. And, yeah. and they know, like, because they're eight and ten now, and sometimes, you know, we don't get it right and we do the wrong thing. Like I might shout or lose my temper or something like that mm. at, at one of them. And and then afterwards, I think actually, yeah, that I, I didn't do the right thing there. I could have handled that differently. And, and I'll say that to them as well now and be like, yeah, like parents get it wrong as well. Yeah, so I love so that. Nice. That's something that um, I'm really big on as well, Laura, because I don't know about you guys, but that's not something that was modelled to me. Um, no, having the parents not. that apologize for their action mm -hmm. um so my sister and I were saying the other day we find it really hard to say sorry and that's something that um I want to model to my son is like you said you know that we, you know we are able to get it wrong but we're also able to say you know to apologize if we do and mm. yeah and then to show them that you know you can make a mistake or get things wrong and yeah and to own it as well that's it I think that's the hardest thing. Do you think we do find it hard to say sorry is because a lot of apologies might be attached to shame? Yeah, I think there must be a lot wrapped up in it, isn't there? Mm. And you're also being really quite vulnerable as well when you yeah, say sorry. Because absolutely. You're, you're almost asking for forgiveness in a way, aren't you? Yeah, mm. and you think that might be a bit silly because <laughs> especially to a child, they think that you know best. Yeah. And you think that you shouldn't know best. But actually, I think that's I think that's really, really nice that you're modeling that yeah well it comes back to that thing that you said holly like do as i say not as i do yeah you're showing them because what you know if they do things wrong you tell them to say sorry don't you yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah um but then yeah you're modeling that you don't need to so yeah and that's it as well i remember as a kid like <laughs> say if you did do something wrong i think you would always have to as a parent or someone in a role of authority you'd have to kind of prize an apology out of them yeah you know, let's say sorry and it would all, and it would always be like okay you know yeah quite a um quite a shameful thing so no I think it's good to good to normalize it we meandered as well didn't we <laughs> we did we went off tangent um to bring it back to Mylene it's not feeling helpless is it it's, it's taking that power back and yeah and that yes. could be in anything from learning how to change a tire or learning how to say sorry or mm -hmm. empowering yourself with your health as well so as we say every week on the podcast health wellness isn't a one-size-fits-all so we're going to be digging into some common myths and in particular today I wanted to talk about health. What does healthy mean to you? Mylene said that health is your wealth. It's the number one thing to look after. Laura what do you think healthy means to you? So my answer is actually quite similar to what Mylene was saying about happiness and about knowing what enough looks like because I think for me healthy is all about balance and 
knowing if you've had too much of something or not enough of something. And it's all about giving yourself what you need to feel good. Mm. So Mylene was saying deciding what would be enough for you is key to happiness. And I think that can be applied to health as well. So deciding what would be enough for you in terms of like self-care, exercise, healthy food, things like that, and then not overindulging in the things that aren't so good for us. But again, like we always say, different for everyone and it's different every day for us as well. Yeah. So I think it's just it's just about trying to maintain that balance to, just to make yourself feel good, really. Yeah, Laura, our definition of healthy is very, very similar. And we have heard it a lot on the podcast, but, you know, it is one thing that we all do really strive for, which is balance. Um, yeah. It is incredibly hard to do, mm-hmm. but once you've found that, you're, you're winning, really, because... When you apply balance to lots of different facets of your life, like you were saying, Laura, like healthy eating, exercise, self-care, you know, social life, yeah. you're just, you are going through life with a bit more awareness and yeah. kind of like consciousness. And I know, Holly, you said something uh, a few weeks ago that really stuck with me. Gosh, what was it? <laughs> <laughs> it was very profound. Um, and you said that how many of us really do sleepwalk through life? Yeah, you've just like inspired me to kind of, yeah, just be a bit more aware of life and try and yeah try and look for the positives a bit more but yeah like finding balance it is difficult I've I've found that it's it's a work in progress for me for sure yeah progress not perfection and it's a hat trick um, in terms of our definition of healthy Um, Mm -hmm. I think we're definitely on the same page healthy to me um, is a whole lifestyle rather than just eating particular foods or doing a certain type of exercise and like Mylene said it's your ultimate form of wealth nothing feels better than feeling well in my opinion well in your body your mind and soul and to wake up with energy feel positive and have a purpose it's a lifelong promise to yourself to show your whole self physical and mental kindness and self-care and I think that's what um, you were saying on the last episode Danny like how to show yourself the ultimate kindness so I think that for me that's being healthy and I think that ties ties back into the balance element that you guys are talking about and I have loved this season of Walk to Wellbeing and what a wonderful episode to finish on so a huge thanks from me to you Danny and Laura and of course to our final guest of this season Mylene Class. Most important of all though, thanks so much to you for listening. If this is the first time you've joined us, there are plenty more episodes you can subscribe and download. But if you've been with us from the beginning, thank you so much for coming with us and our fabulous guests on their walks to wellbeing. And so until next time, from me and the whole of the health and wellbeing team, stay well and see you soon. Before you unlace your trainers, we've got an exclusive Health and Wellbeing magazine subscription deal for you, our lovely Walk to Wellbeing listeners. Head to giftstoyou.com forward slash apod2, that's A-P-O-D and the number two, to get three issues for just $9.99, saving you over 25% and delivered straight through your front door too. The link is in the description of this episode to make redeeming this fantastic offer simple and easy. Remember to share your walk with us on social media using the hashtag walk to wellbeing and you can even download exactly the same list of questions you heard our guest chat through earlier in the episode. You could record your very own walk to wellbeing episode and we'd absolutely love to hear it. 
For all the details, head to this episode's description and we hope you enjoyed strolling with us today.